This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me tonight at 7 p.m. We're going to watch Yankees reopening day and you can get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Sporting News, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Scotts. We're also on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. And you can find me on the Locker Room app at Stace Scotts. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. It is a crossover extravaganza with Jason Burke of Locked On A's. We talk about the A's, we talk about the Yankees, we talk about other things. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and Locked On A's and every other Locked On podcast straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. Today, I am joined by Stacey Gotsoulias of Locked On Yankees. She is fantastic. This is our first crossover episode, and I am very intrigued to see what she has to say about the current state of the New York Yankees. Stacey, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well, surprisingly. I mean, the last two games have been pretty good. So, you know, it's nice to actually be positive for a change. Yankees are red hot right now. They got one more game uh, after we talk. We're, we're currently recording at 1230 uh, Pacific time, 330 for you. So the game is, you know, still a few hours away on Thursday. So they will have a uh, three game win streak or a one game losing streak heading into their series with the A's. Here's where I'm going to start. The A's do not have to, to face Garrett Cole this weekend, which is nice. But we've also been facing like the Royals and the Angels and, you know, not like the best pitching recently. So it would have been nice to have like that litmus test. So (laughs) my first thing is, can you rank the rotation after Garrett Cole with the five guys that are in there currently? Like you got Garrett Cole at the top. How would you rank the other four guys? Who Garrett Cole, then (laughs) see, this is tough because (laughs) I want to launch Jamison Tyone into the moon because he's just, he has the stuff and he cannot put it together. And he's definitely not the number two. Herman, I would say, oh God. Yeah, see, this is really tough. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, those jokey tweets that people make where they make a list and they have someone at the very top and then there's about a thousand spaces in between and then the rest of the rotation. Yes. That's basically what it is. Garrett okay. Cole. And then the rest of them all bunched together last a thousand spots away from Garrett Cole at the moment. That's how I rank. Well, I was looking over like the team stats and you say that I'm like, I really should have gone uh, person by person for, you know, how are they actually doing? Because the the starting pitching by, by team has a 388 ERA, which is not bad. You know, that's a little bit better than league average, but with you got, you got Garrett Cole, like a two, two right now or something like that. So 
um, yeah, he brings it down just a bit. It's not a bunch of guys that are like that. It's Garrett Cole down here and then everybody else at like four and a half, I'm guessing. So, um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying now. Um, yeah. And that the starter for Friday, we got James Caprilli and former Yankee prospect. I'm actually very excited to see what he does against the Yankees because he seems like a big game guy. Um, he pitched very well in Fenway, his first start. And he has owned right-handed batters over the course of his entire career with the A's so far. And I want to see if that continues against a very righty-heavy New York Yankee lineup. So that's going to be very intriguing. But Jamison Tyone will be facing off against him. And one thing that I noticed in looking at Tyone was that his spin rate was very far down in his last start. He only lasted a third of an inning, gave up four earned runs. His uh, fastball spin rate was 56 down, which isn't a ton for fastball, you know, in, in such a short period of time, whatever. But so my main thing is that his fastball or his fastball spin rate has been down a little bit in that last start. Uh, obviously, short start didn't have a lot to work with right there. It was down 56 RPM. His slider was down 37. His curveball, he threw two of them. So not a huge sample size again, but it was down 101. His changeup, he threw one. It was down 119 over a season average. Uh, I guess my question is, is he one of those guys? You know, Garrett Cole is the poster child for, you know, the, oh, because of Josh Donaldson, the poster child of the entire spin rate debate, the sticky stuff debate. Uh, is Tyone one of those guys too? Or is it just, you know, very small sample size? We can't really pull a lot from that. Um, the thing about Tyone is uh, he's so frustrating to watch because he'll have a game where he does really well for the first four innings and you're thinking, oh, maybe he's turning a corner and then he'll give up three runs. Or he'll have a game like the other day <laughs> He gives up four runs in like a third of an inning. And you're thinking, what is going on with this guy? Like, how can someone be this inconsistent? And, you know, I kind of like that the Yankees were taking a chance on him coming back from his second Tommy John. And, you know, you're kind of hoping that maybe they caught lightning in a bottle because he has the stuff to do well. He just can't put it together. Then you have the whole everything that's happening with the foreign substance stuff. And I feel like you're going to see a lot of pitchers. I, I, I'm actually really worried about this because I'm worried that some of the guys are going to end up like Tyler Glass now and get hurt because they're not using the stuff. Um, I agree with, I had said this, I was on Locked On um, today with Peter Bukowski a few days ago. And I said, if there was a way that they could regulate it where there's something universal that they can use because MLB keeps screwing with the balls and these guys can't grip them properly. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, pitchers 40 years ago could grip balls. I'm like, yeah, like you don't think they were using stuff? Come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like spider tack. And first of all, I don't know how anyone uses that stuff. I saw someone demonstrating the tackiness of it. Yeah. I would be terrified if that got in my hair because you would probably rip, you know, patches of hair out of your head. I mean, that stuff looks really. That's I don't why understand. they wear hats is so you can't tell for all the, from the cut marks from yeah, them cutting out like, their hair. Yeah, but like, if you look at Garrett Cole's hair, he has a pretty good head of hair. So it's not like, you know what I mean? Um, but back to Tyone, I mean, if, 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 I mean, if the sticky stuff was actually helping him, I'm kind of terrified of what's going to happen now that, this, that these rules are going to be in effect for the next few months. Who knows what's going to happen, really? I wish that they would have just done it in the off season, because yeah. this is ridiculous to adjust. It's like two different seasons right now. And it's going to impact some teams. The Yankees 
you know, obviously Garrett Cole, their best pitcher, he seems to be doing okay the last couple of starts, even with, you know, not using the sticky stuff or anything like that. So it might not have a huge, as big of an impact as some people are expecting, but they may be slightly worse. I mean, didn't he go like eight innings yesterday against the Blue Jays? So he was still fairly good. A couple of solo bombs, I believe. It was two solo home runs, one in the first, one in the fifth. His 101st or 102nd pitch was 101 miles an hour. Even David Cohn said, wow, he hit 101 this late in the game. (laughs) And you could tell that his control wasn't quite the way it normally is for a Garrett Cole start. He didn't have as many strikeouts, only four compared to, you know, the beginning of the season. He kept having double digit strikeout outings. He had like a streak going there. But I just thought it was funny that a lot of people going into last night's uh, start were thinking, oh, he's going to fall off. You know, we'll see how he does. Like, especially when he gave up the home run to Simeon to really to start the game. People are like, oh, this is what Garrett Cole is going to be like now. And then he, you know, pitches eight innings of two run ball. I'll take that every day and twice on Sunday. (laughs) You know what I mean? If if he pitches like he did last night and that's without anything, I'll, I'll sign up for that any day of the week. In a moment, Jason and I will discuss more of baseball's sticky situation. Can't wait to stop saying that phrase every five seconds on every show. But first, today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made from all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, which is the purest form of nicotine available. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Yankees listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, $1. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use our promo code Locked On. Just $1 and free shipping if you use our code Locked On at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. Again, go to fullyloadedchew.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you can get it for $1 and free shipping. Is there a concern about, you know, this impacting the Yankees season? Because they they brought in some guys, you know, like Corey Kluber, he's hurt right now. Uh, Tyone, he's, we'll see. Um, they, they, <laughs> there were some big question marks with the Yankees rotation coming into the season. Um, is there a little bit of just worry about the sticky stuff just in general with the Yankees, even their bullpen? And how do you think that the Yankees are performing compared to where you thought they would be when the season started? Oh, well, they're definitely not performing anywhere near where I thought they were going to. Um, But I'm still in that mindset where it's still early because I've sat through so many seasons where they've started off really, really slow. Um, They were at 500 at the all-star break in 2007. And then they went on a crazy run and finished 94 and 68, you know, and that season, I compared this season to that season before it even began because there were question marks with the pitching rotation then that came up in the beginning of that season because they were so bad, you know, they had to bring Roger Clemens back in the middle of the season, you know, because they had the young kids, they had, um, you know, Jabba had come up. It was just like a whole mess of things that happened. And I had already compared this season to that season before it even began. And now it's almost playing out that way, which is really kind of scary, but I'm kind of hopeful that maybe my prediction is right. and They'll kick it into gear. I'm also hoping that maybe the sticky stuff going away will help our hitters because some of the guys who are really like fooling them with breaking stuff and all this stuff, like maybe those pitches won't be, they won't have as much bite on them as they had the first three months of the season. So 
I, I don't know. Right now, they're not quite playing the way I'd hoped they would. I still feel like they can turn it around. Um, I'm a little worried about the pitching, obviously, uh, especially because Severino had another setback because, of course, he had another setback. So now he's not coming back until at least July or August. And it did seem like he was coming back too soon and it seemed too good to be true. And then he pulls his groin over the weekend. So, you know, I was hoping that he would come back in July. It would be like they're trading for a starter. They'd have him in the rotation. It would help things out. And that's not what's happening. Happening. Davey Garcia is down in AAA. He's getting bombed every time he's out. So that's not going to help. Um <laughs> Because <laughs> some people were thinking, oh, they could bring Davy Garcia up. They can slot him into the rotation. That's not working out so well. Clark Schmidt started the season hurt. He's starting to throw again. They're not expecting much from him, but, you know, I... He's I an option. Sure. Yep, exactly. Yeah. He's breathing at this point. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I just... Oh God, the Corey Kluber no-hitter was such a high for us. And then he gets injured right away. You know, just... Oh, this season is so weird. And it he feels really like started gonna... to turn it around too. It looked like he like might actually be way better than I thought he was going to be. And then all of us, and then I was like, Ooh, that, that hurts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But this season has the chance to be very, very strange for a lot of teams. And it's just going to get weirder with the sticky stuff going away. I don't know how many times I've said sticky stuff, but I say it all the time on my show and I'm trying to come up with a better, you know, I need to pull out a thesaurus and maybe say tacky stuff or, and I'm saying balls way too much on my show too. And, you know, it's just. <laughs> okay. So I had other questions, but let's just come up with a new name for sticky stuff. Cause I've been wanting to do the same thing. Oh, it's a sticky situation. It's like, yeah, okay. You said that how many times? Um... <laughs> well, it, it's, it, especially if you listen to like other podcasts, you're like, everybody's saying the same damn thing. And I'm like, oh, I thought that I was being clever. And then all of a sudden, dang it. Um, oh, well, so now you got to come up with other things and uh, I will, we, we should uh, run this on social media and be like, hey, what else should we call this? Because uh, yeah. tactile delusion or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But I agree with you with what you said earlier, um, that they should have done this before the season. You know, MLB is always just a little too late coming up with solutions quite right yeah the timing is always off in some way and it's like this with everything i mean as soon as that ball stuck to yadi or molina's catching gear four years ago something probably should have happened and no one cared and i remember someone saying oh well they tested it and there's nothing wrong with it I'm like that defies physics there's no reason for that ball to be sticking to him like that it's ridiculous i, I caught a foul ball Kata's using the term loosely it fell to me after a lot of uh, craziness behind me and so I got it first thing I did I was like yeah that was cool and then I started checking to see if it was sticky that was the that is where baseball is now I'm like hey that's really cool this is a life-changing moment I have a foul ball I'm now one of those people and now is it sticky I, I had to find out so <laughs> it wasn't that bad I think that it was more pine tar from the bat because uh, it was only in one spot and it wasn't that bad um I guess my main question for you is uh, the Yankees are, I mean, as we're recording three games above 500, the run differential is negative five, but as an A's fan, I know what it's like to have a run differential that doesn't look as sterling, but still be, you know, think a little bit better of the team um, because they started so poorly and now they finally are getting more into the green on uh, on the run differential front. But what is the, the plan moving forward? Do they need to make a move? Is it just kind of, uh, everybody has to get 
do better? Uh, stop hitting in the double plays. Is there a trade they can make? Because it doesn't look like there's a lot of financial flexibility. What is the path moving forward for the Yankees to be competitive and maybe win the East, if not make the wild card? Yeah, the double play thing is amazing to me. It's a like I'm going to sound like Aaron Boone, where he always tries to make uh, like something bad happens, but he tries to look at the good. I mean, at least they're getting guys on base, but the. I just, the double play thing is astounding. I joked on Twitter the other night, you know, do a shot every time the Yankees ground into a double play or hit into a double play. And people were responding saying, I don't want to die. Why would you make this a game? (laughs) Because it's just, they're setting records in that. It's just, it's unbelievable. I'm, I am flabbergasted. I'm astounded. I cannot believe that this offense has fallen off the way it has. And it just seems like, one guy will get going, the rest of the offense sucks. Then a couple of guys will get going, and the guy who was going sucks. And it, they just can't put it all together. You know, they'll have uh, top of the order will do really well, and the bottom of the order, obviously, because a lot of times the bottom of the order doesn't do well. But then you have the other games where the bottom of the order is doing really well, and they get on base, then the top of the order comes up, and they don't do anything, and they can't score. Gary Sanchez is heating up. Um, he's been heating up since mid-May. Uh, he won that game solely last night not only the home run but the way he bailed chapman's ass out in the ninth inning two times some of these guys are baffling me glaber torres is baffling me um dj well okay dj lemayhew no one expected dj lemayhew to do what he did the last two seasons when they signed him they're like why are they signing dj lemayhew like what he's not going to do anything then he comes to the yankees out of course field and doubles his home run output and you know, is one of the best players in baseball for two seasons. Like what the, and now he's regressing to where he was, but people think he's horrible now because he's back to the way he was when he was with the Rockies. So it's not even like he's bad. It's just, we got so used to seeing DJ LeMayhew always get a big hit when someone was on either second or third, he was constantly knocking guys in and he's not doing that as much now. He's picking it up a little bit, but it's just like some of these guys just can't get um a role going like they just can't get it together and like i said i still think it's too early i think they have a chance you know the weather's getting warmer balls will be flying oh god there i go with balls again um (laughs) but they'll be flying out of the stadium and you know summer baseball is different than spring baseball everyone sees it 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 just happens for every team um the only problem with and you had mentioned it with the yankees where they are right now this is one of those years where if one of the four top teams in the AL East, because they're, you know, as far apart as the Yankees are from first place, they're still kind of bunched together. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that the Rays could win the division, the Red Sox could win the division, the Jays could go on a roll and win it, and the Yankees could go on a roll and win it. This is not typical of other years. Usually the Yankees are battling one team for first place, and maybe there's another team behind them trying to get the wild card. This is totally different. The Yankees have to watch out for four teams. They don't have to worry about the Orioles, but everyone else you know, the scoreboard watching isn't just one team this year. It's the whole top of the divisions, three other teams. So it's going to be a tough road if they want to win the division. I still feel like they can if things start to go well. But, you know, some of these pitchers have to pick it up. The pitching was picking up the offense when the offense wasn't doing well. And I feel like the offense needs to do more picking up the pitching when they're not doing well. Because I had envisioned that in the beginning of the season too. Like I joked with AJ from Locked On Jays. I said, both our teams have the chance to 
be those teams that win nine, seven, nine, eight games because the offenses are so loaded. And that hasn't happened yet with the Yankees. And I'm still waiting for that to happen. In a moment, more discussion about the Yankees and the A's ahead of our three-game series this weekend in the Bronx. But first, investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's W E A. L-T-H-F-O-R-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan like me, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. Mint brownie. I know I say it all the time, mint brownie. But here are the other flavors that you're missing out on if you've never eaten a Bilt Bar. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. They're high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, and they're just so good. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Besides mint brownie, I love the double chocolate and the salted caramel. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're so good. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So which team of those four that you like, I guess three other teams, is the one that scares you the most. Obviously, you, you have a history with the Rays, and they're atop the division right now. They're very good, but could the Blue Jays sneak in right there with if they make a move, if they go get like Max Scherzer? Are they now the scariest team? Um, obviously, they they have to do something to become there from my standpoint. And then the Red Sox, you know, blood rival. So uh, which team are you most wary of this season, both currently constructed and also if, if somebody makes a move? I would say the Rays and the Jays. I think the Red Sox are playing way above where they're supposed to be playing. And I think they might fall down to earth at some point. Like there's something going on there that's not kosher with me. All of a sudden, Alex Cora comes back and, oh, these guys can't stop hitting. Or these guys who've never hit before are suddenly hitting. That's not weird at all. That's Um, suspicious. It's totally suspicious. And that's not even the Yankee fan in me talking. That's the watching Alex Cora be so unapologetic about things and not caring. And no, something's fishy there. And I don't think they can keep it up all season. I'm kind of hoping they don't. I'm worried about the Rays and the Jays. Those are the two teams that I worry about. The Rays, I don't know, losing glass now is big. Mm-hmm. But they always seem to find someone else to plug into somewhere and still stay afloat which is so annoying to watch. I used to like it better when the Yankees could beat the Rays consistently and 
we didn't have to worry about going to Tropicana Field. Now it's if the Yankees win two out of three in Tropicana Field, it's a miracle. And I don't like that feeling at all. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. You guys it. just made a trade with the Rays this morning. I mean, minor deal, but you know, Mike Ford going to the Rays, that's Oh, I can't wait for Mike I can't wait for Mike Ford to hit a walk-off home run against the Yankees in like September and knock them out of the playoffs because you know that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> what I don't I, like Obviously, the Yankees are the Yankees, and nobody can beat the Yankees because we're the Yankees. But um, the Rays do this thing where they can take anybody and then make them like, okay, I don't know why you would make a trade in this season when you're already down to this team when that's their track record. That boggles the mind to me. Maybe Brian Cashman has something up his sleeve or that player to be named in cash considerations is going to be coming like very useful. But uh, I right. don't understand why you would make a trade with the Rays right now midseason. Yeah, I feel like maybe something else is coming up. Um, he said that they're buying. They're not going to sell. He still believes in the team. And I believe him because he's, you know, he wouldn't lie about that. He would come out and say, no, we're crappy and we're going <laughs> to we're going to start selling. <laughs> well, they did it in 16, didn't they? Yeah. And that's uh, kind of what helped me. They got uh, Glaber out of that and it, it worked out for him. Right. There's not a lot of options out there for teams looking for people to help. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, that kind of worries me. I used, I miss those days where the Yankees would trade for people and you'd be like, they got who, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking years ago, like, you know, when they got like Cecil Fielder and Jose Canseco and Glenn Allen Hill. And even in, into the two thousands and the mid two thousands, they would have these trades and you're like, you know, Rich, I remember when they got Richie Sexton. It's like, what? Why would you get him? Um, <laughs> and we used to always call Brian Cashman Ninja Cashman because we'd never know when anything was going to happen. And then when it did, it would always seem like a big deal. I would like to go back to those days. I, I, I remember see- my, my, my trade like that because uh, the A's were, you know, okay. And then they traded for Kevin Apier, who, according to ESPN, was the best pitcher on the planet. And I was like, this guy is amazing. I am so happy. The A's got this guy. And he, he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but I was very excited. Jose Guillen had never heard of him. I was at the old spaghetti factory for people that live, you know, in my area. And uh, I was like, hey, who's this guy? He has a bunch of home runs. He's probably really good. That one also didn't pan out. Um, but yeah, those are the two that I remember from like the trade deadline. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fun. Now you're like, hey, you're more plugged in and you, you know what's going on a little bit more. But uh, yeah, that, that was, those were my two from childhood that were very entertaining. Well, Glenn Allen Hill, I love telling the story. The night that the Yankees beat the Mets in 2000, my friend was working for the Yankees and he told me and my friends where they were going to be hanging out after they won. So we drove down to the city, went to the club. The bouncer's like, yeah, girls, come on in. We're like, okay, because there was a line outside. And he's like, yeah, no, 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 come in. And we're like, okay. We go in, nothing but women in there. And I'm like, oh, okay, the Yankees are definitely showing up. (laughs) Derek Jeter walks in, crowd parts like the Red Sea. It was like a movie scene where the music stops and the hero walks in and everyone just stops and looks. He walks in, goes to wherever he's going with his friends. Glenn Allen Hill is there, Jose Canseco, David Justice, Jose Vizcaino. I'm missing someone. Glen Allen Hill danced by himself on the dance floor. He's wearing a royal blue short sleeve silk shirt, wide open, thick ass gold chain, black pants, black dress shoes. He's just dancing. You know, my friend has a couple pictures of him dancing. He bumps into me, sends me flying. 
and he wasn't even that tall because I'm five nine and I was wearing a little bit of a heel and we were, you know, eye to eye. So it's not like he's a giant guy, but he was built like a brick S house. I mean, just like a Lego man, just big. So he, I went flying and you know, I'm a big girl. And he grabbed me. He's like, he goes, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. I said, Hey, you just won the world series. Throw me all around this dance floor. If you want to <laughs> have a ball. So that's my Glen Allen Hill story. I love that story so much. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> do you have any questions about the A's? That's basically all that I got for you. You know, uh, Oh, uh, also Aaron Boone, is he going to last the, the entire season? I guess that's my last question on the I, Yankees. I think he will. I think he will. Um, you know, Cashman came out, was that yesterday? God, everything, I swear to God, the pandemic has made my brain so where I don't know what time is, but I think it was yesterday when he came out and talked to the media. And he said, he said some really odd things, or maybe it was two days ago. He said something like, we made our decision in a, you know, we made our bed and lie, you know, we have to lie in it. I'm like, well, that's not really a vote of confidence, but he said <laughs> that he's, he's probably going to last the season there. I don't think they're looking to fire him. Um, if they do, it'll be after the season. And <laughs> so I don't think they're going to do it in the middle of the season. You know, there are a lot of people going around saying, Oh, you know, the Yankees are interested in hiring Buck Showalter back. No, Why? no, <laughs> Why? no. All right. Well, your team is doing a lot better than mine. They're 43 and 27 at the moment. Is believe that so. Are? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to admit I'm not paying attention to the other divisions that much. I don't start to pay attention to them until we're getting closer to the playoffs and it looks like the playoff matchups are, mm -hmm. you know, setting up. What do you like about your team so far this season? And what are some of the trouble areas? Although it doesn't seem like there's much trouble because they're doing pretty well. They're doing pretty well. Um, obviously, with basically the reason that people are kind of down on the A's is when they lose games, it's usually by a bunch. But when they win games, they'll win some of those closer ones. So they'll win like four or five in a row, but by like three or four runs, but then they'll lose one by like nine. And so it looks everything makes everything look a lot worse, but they still won four out of five or whatever it was. So you're like, all right, well, that's an 800 winning percentage. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, the thing that I really like about the A's is just they're, they're not excelling everywhere, but they're really good everywhere. Like they have the, the good and the bad bullpen, which, you know, you see sometimes. So uh, if you're looking for an upgrade, maybe some like a more stable arm, maybe a late inning arm, if you can find one. Um, I, I think that Richard Rodriguez would be very good from the Pirates because he just eats up righties, which is something that I would like to see from the bullpen is uh, if you're going to face the Yankees in the playoffs or the Astros down the stretch, you want somebody who can eat up righties and he can do that. And he's also, you know, definitely available. So uh, right now you got to limit, you have like five teams that you're like, Oh, they're definitely selling. I can go get one of those guys. But for the rotation, like Sean has been fantastic this season. Uh, he's been pitching inside a little bit more to righty, which is something that he hadn't, he'd been a little bit more scared to do. So he's pitching with more authority and I like, it, it just seems like a little bit of a change in approach for a lot of guys. You look at Frankie Montas's ERA and it's not Sterling, but outside of two blow up starts, he's had a three ERA the entire season. So he, I think uh, before his last start, it was like four, four, seven for the entire season, but he gave up uh, eight runs and seven runs to uh, the Dodgers and the twins. And those were, you know, early April starts, but Every other game combined, three ERA. So he's been pretty good overall, and he works off that splitter. When that splitter is going, he's dangerous. Uh, Chris Bassett, he's not, you know, a known name necessarily, but you've seen it the entire season where he will, if he gets into trouble in the first inning, gives up like two runs and his pitch counts up at like 28 or something like that, 
he'll still give you six or seven innings and he, he can just shut it down. He'll have that one, you know, like four batter stretch where you're like, eh, I don't know. And then he just shuts it down and he can give you, he's basically the A's ace right now. He's a bulldog. I love having him in this rotation. And I was a little bit iffy on last season, like being, you know, the breakout because he had like a two, two, four or something uh, like ERA. He had been really, really good, but short stints and the expected stats didn't necessarily believe in him. He's just missing barrels. He's keeping guys off balance. He's mixing his pitches really well. He's been fantastic. So the A's like top three guys are fantastic. Uh, you're going to see Bassett and Manaya this weekend. James Caprillion seems to have kind of stabilized this rotation a little bit. He's not nearly, he's not quite as good as, you know, the rest of the guys, but he's still a rookie right now. And uh, he's had like six or seven starts. So uh, not a lot to build on there, but he's been really good. Um, I think that he could be a nice addition for the, the rest of the season, just because he feels like a, a big game kind of pitcher. He gets up for those big moments. And sometimes when you're watching the A's on a daily basis, you wonder if they get up for those games. Like uh, the Astros came in to start the season. They, they swept the A's and they beat them down pretty good. Just like in the, you know, the ALDS last season in the playoffs. Um, you wonder if the A's have that other gear and, I think that James Caprillion has that other gear, and that's one of the reasons I'm excited to see him pitch in New York uh, and you know in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium because one they traded him two big game, it, um, arguably the biggest stage of them all, and uh, he also eats up righties. So I'm intrigued to see if all of those things are small sample size against worse teams, or if that is something more concrete that we can actually build on moving forward but um yeah i'd say that the bullpen you could use a couple of arms but they've got some decent guys in there too um a lot of people are saying shortstop but elvis andrews has actually been very good he's not going to hit home runs he doesn't hit home runs he's never hit home runs so everybody's <laughs> like oh look his ops is only like 550 but he's hitting almost 300 over the last 30 games with like a 347 on base that's fine that is absolute and playing good defense he's he's okay they don't could they use Trevor Story? Maybe. Are they going to get him? Do they need to? I don't know. It depends on what the price is. I'd rather see them go after somebody like Joey Gallo and, mm. and for right field because uh, right now they're platooning Seth Brown, who's pretty decent, but his his average is low. His on base is okay. He plays good defense, though, so that's good. He's their lefty bat. And then you got Steven Piscotty. He can just eat up righties, but you don't want him playing against right-handed pitchers. So you could have Joey Gallo. Uh, you know, play right field, be fantastic. He has a great arm. He can add that power back to the middle of the A's lineup. And then Mitch Moreland, who's been, you know, a little bit better than league average against uh, righty bat or righty pitchers. Uh, you want him in there against righties. He's been okay against lefties. Not great. Not like he's like got an 80 WRC plus somewhere around there. And you just have Joey Gallo you know, be DH right field, keep him healthy, keep him going. I think that he'd be, the perfect fit for the A's right now. And that's kind of where I'm hoping they're going right now. Cause I, I believe enough in Elvis Andrews. You know, I was going to ask you about, you know, certain players um, that the Yankee fans should look out for. And you just answered all those <laughs> questions that I had in my head because we're kind of insular over here on the East coast. And there is that East coast bias thing that happens. You know, we don't pay attention to the West coast a lot. Um, well, mainly because your games are three hours behind ours and we're going to bed when, you know. <laughs> I mean, th that is fair. And that's why I kind of like being on the West Coast is because baseball starts at 4 p.m. for me. It's fantastic. 
And I mean, right. if you want to even go to Hawaii, oh man, baseball at <laughs> one, that's amazing. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. Oh man. I couldn't even imagine that. That would be a lot. It's of wild. I did it for like a, a couple of days. I'm like, this is so weird. Like late night TV, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever show you're watching. It's on like at eight o'clock. It is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, waking up on the West coast on a weekend and catching a game at 10 AM because it's one o'clock Eastern. And mm-hmm. that must be so cool. Like watching waking up, having breakfast in bed, watching the game and then going out, you know, because the game ends by one, two, whatever. And you have the whole rest of the day ahead of you. Yeah. That must be it, amazing. It's fun. And same thing, uh, football season. It, it, it's 10 o'clock. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we don't have any of our, all of our pitching matchups are to be determined right now. Oh, really? So we don't uh, know. On, on roster resource, it would, Sometimes they're wrong, but uh, over at Fangraphs, the roster resource had uh, Caprillion versus Tyone, Bassett versus Herman, and then Manaya versus Montgomery. Does that that's sound what it right? Should, that's what it should be. Okay. And you would think that they would already have that matchup, but they don't on game day yet. Um, okay. So I don't know if the Yankees are thinking about switching people around because you might see those three, but they may be in a different order in some way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it should be those three. Okay. I would think so. That should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd be very intrigued, especially. Well, I think that Herman is probably the one that I'm scared of this weekend. He seems like the best guy, and he does well. And him against Bassett would be, you know, a pretty good matchup. Um, whereas Cap and Tyone, I think that that could be interesting. If if Cap is locating, that's really the thing that you got to worry about with him. Uh, sometimes he walks guys, and so mm-hmm. if you you walk a couple of Yankees and then uh, Stanton or Judge goes deep, then all of a sudden it's not looking as good as it could. So if he can control his pitches a little bit better, I think that he's going to have a pretty good start. Uh, and then Manaya has been really good, but Montgomery's also pretty decent. Um, I think that her mom is the one moments. that scares me the most. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Montgomery has his moments. Um, he's kind of good at if he has kind of a an iffy start, he can settle down. Mm-hmm because he did that in his, I think it was his last start. I don't think it was his second to last start. Um, but when things go wrong for him, they don't go as wrong as they go for Tyone. <laughs> um, he's a little different that way. He is, I feel like Montgomery has a lot of potential and he hasn't reached it yet. I also love the fact that he has a texting relationship with both Andy Pettit and CeCe Sabathia. And I feel as if, because of the lefty thing, yeah. and I feel like I want to send CC messages and be like, could you send more texts to Monty and kind of help him out a little bit? Thank you, because <laughs> we need it badly. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, anything, uh, anything else you got for me? Well, I wanted to say the last game I went to in person was Yankees A's, September 1st, 2019, Mania against J-Hap. Your guys, you know, jumped out to a four nothing lead i think in the seventh inning against the bullpen because what was funny about this was i went to old timers day earlier that season and jay hap got knocked around by i think it was the astros and i didn't want to see him start another game <laughs> i was like it's mike messina day mike messina's gonna his day's gonna get ruined by jay hap and then him and Manaya are matching zeros and then your bullpen came in 
The Yankees scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth. I had left my seat because I went to meet up with Susan Slusser <laughs> behind the press box. And I said, well, I can't go back to my seat because they scored three runs. And then Brett Gardner hit a home run to tie and Mike Ford bringing it back to him, hit the walk-off home run to beat the A's. So that was the last game I went to. I haven't been to Yankee Stadium in nearly two years. Your guys are coming in on reopening day because tomorrow mm -hmm. is going to be the first day of full capacity. So Cap is going to have a fun game to pitch because yes, he's going to have is. not a full house, but there are going to be a lot of people there tomorrow night. So it should, it should be fun. It, it's going to be so much fun to see just all of that and whatnot, uh, you know, we're getting close. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. um, also, just before I let you go, how's David Cohn doing? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask him to be on the show again. And I don't know why I'm so shy about it because he offered, yeah, we should make this a regular, we should yeah. make this a regular He wants to segment. be the co-host of Locked On Yankees for those that are not in the know. And she's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Stacey Gatsuli is big timing David Cohn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because oh, I just I'm so shy when it comes to asking people. I mean, I had a legit panic attack when I sent him the DM and said, you know, do you want to come on my show? He answered within two minutes. It may not have even been two minutes. It may have been 90 seconds. He's like, of course I want to come on. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> he's been waiting with his phone in hand since he offered to be the co-host, just waiting for you. And he's like, yeah, I'm ready whenever you need me. You should just send him a Zoom link one day, just out of the bloom. Like, I'm ready to record. Let's go. Like, during the game. But I'm serious, though. I think every host on Locked On should talk to David Cohn about pitching because it is so much fun. He's so open and honest about everything, and he loves talking about pitching. He could talk about it for six hours straight, and he would tell you stuff that you never even knew. You'd be like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. So, I mean, I wish I could have him you know, talk to everyone on the network. Cause I think it would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I like talking pitching David Cohn, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know why I've always been way more intrigued by pitchers than, you know, hitters partially. Like I know a little bit, I, I stopped playing, you know, when I was like seven or eight, but I've always loved baseball. So uh, you, you pick up on things, mechanics for hitters. There's so much going on. I'm like, that, that's harder to follow for me with a pitcher. You can kind of see a little bit more and, you got the miles per hour readings. You can see the movement and stuff like that. Um, so for pitching, it's just easier for me to follow and get a little bit more into the weeds. And that's kind of why I like it. Because, you know, especially if you go on like baseball savants or, you know, look at the stat cast data. Oh, yeah. There is so much for pitching. But for a hitter, you're like, oh, how long was their load time? There's nothing like that. So you, you don't know, like, how fast they get through the zone. It's kind of an eye test thing. And everybody in the majors looks pretty fast at hitting balls. So it's not like you can get those minor differences. You got to kind of watch them as they progress and see what they could be doing wrong. And usually I just wait until somebody's like, Oh, he's using a new loading technique and he's, he's lifting his foot and putting it down. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well now I see it. Yeah. I, I don't catch those things on, on the first go around. Well, when I still wrote about baseball, I preferred to write about pitching and pitchers because I loved looking at, heat maps and stuff on uh baseball savant and you know pitching sequences and i did a whole peach peach <laughs> i did a whole piece <laughs> about chris archer on beyond the box score five years ago trying to figure out why something was different with his front book foot and his back foot and trying to figure out why he wasn't throwing certain pitches 
uh, season to season why he changed his repertoire. And I could not come up with a conclusion. I wrote 2000 words and I basically summed it up with, sometimes you just can't figure out why this is happening. And I had people actually praising me for that article, even though I, cause I felt like, oh God, I can't even come up with a conclusion. Should I even publish this? And it, you know, beyond, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is good because sometimes it shows you that you can't actually figure out what's happening because of the way the picture performs and what he does and this and that. And I went through everything, you know, the year before the year that I was writing, showing, you know, he's not throwing as many change-ups or he's not throwing this, his velocity is this way and that way. And, you know, and because I think Fangraphs had done something about his um, delivery and something about him tweaking his front foot. And I took from that and tried to come to a conclusion and didn't. But I just loved writing about pitching. I kind of miss it. I haven't written in a while um, thinking about going back to it, but I'm so busy with this stuff that I don't think my brain can handle <laughs> because it's you know writing about because, that stuff is a lot. Yeah, well, writing is a different thing than podcasting, but I feel like podcasting has helped what I would be as a writer. So I also want to get back into writing just because uh, that's where some jobs are and I need to do that. And uh, I, I feel like my voice is a little bit better than, you know, we, we've both worked for, uh, for fan-sided in the past. And that's just, you know, produce whatever the hell you can. I don't care if it's good or not. I'm not using this audio. I'm just talking to you right now. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, just, just pump stuff out there. It takes things from other places. You don't have to act, just put your opinion there for like 20 words. And then that's the article, the end. And I'm like, so you do that and you're like, all right, well, that's whatever. And I would try to do other things than that and actually produce good content. And uh, they did not care whatsoever. Um, they were like, yeah, you need to write more. I'm like, I'm writing every day. They wanted, yeah. they wanted you know, 45 as opposed to 30 or whatever. I'm like, this is stupid, no. Yeah. No, uh, good times. Yeah, it was like, oh, I'm getting 30 cents for writing all these articles. Great, that's wonderful. Because I got to the point where, you know, um, Hardball Times was paying me, then Baseball Prospectus was paying me, Fan Rag was paying me. And I'm like, why am I even bothering with some place that won't give me more than 10 cents an article? I'm like, no, I'm done. Because yeah, no, <laughs> I was, was putting crazy. work into my fan-sided stuff. You know, yeah. I was actually, you know, really trying to do as best as I could. And, um, you know, I didn't want to be like one of those big time people like, oh, I get paid for my writing now. But I did because I wrote for so long not getting paid. And once I started getting paid, why would I go back to not getting paid for my writing? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Stacy, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm looking forward to this series and seeing all of the fans in the ballpark booing the A's mercilessly for no apparent reason. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, where can the people find you on social media and uh, listen to the podcast? I am at Stace Gotts on Twitter, and you can find me on Locker Room at Stace Gotts. Um, I promised to do a room at some point this week. I need to do it. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> that sounds good. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to do this again when the Yankees come to Oakland. Definitely. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jason Burke. You can find him on Twitter at ByJasonB. And for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show and Locked On A's in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Today. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you all on Monday. 